The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm overjoyed. We got a fun, fun show. Rather than just having me talk and do that thing where it's like you and me talking for a while and I leave the co-host waiting, I very much adore this co-host, so I just want to bring her on right away so I can talk to her. Elisa, how you doing, Elisa? Hello. Good to be oh. back. It I, is good to be here with you, my dear, my my favorite person to have on the show. Uh, internet, social media, maven, voiceover artist, uh, literal PhD in pop culture. So, yeah, you, you can't dispute that one, all right? <laughs> the other ones might be qualitative judgments where you're like, oh, pish posh. But you having a doctorate is an objective truth, so you can't swat that one away with your imposter they syndrome. They did let me graduate, actually. <laughs> That is on my transcript. I, <laughs> I, I did sneak out with that one for sure. <laughs> oh, wonderful to see you. I always have a smile on my face when I see you pop across the screen. And I know the viewers and the listeners feel the same way. I also know that at any point during this broadcast, we might be joined by a second voice, which is your house cat audibly <laughs> hawking up hairballs. Because we've oh, had that during the pre-show. She's she's. You could, uh, well, for, for, for the viewing audience who got the benefit of seeing this live, you could kind of see a little bit of her tail. She's now sitting behind my chair um, after spending a very unpleasant time <laughs> around <laughs> this room in various safe spots. Uh, hacking up a hairball so that was that was super fun right before the show. I was like, I'm gonna make sure that my cat's fine. Oh. <laughs> We don't have a lot of rules here at Break the Business, but one of them is when a pet shows up, they're always welcome, and we encourage them to be on camera. We see your cat just popping in there. Your cat knows the rules. Whether it, I mean, some of our best moments, at least, so you agree, are when cats and dogs interrupt interviews. Absolutely. That's yeah, the best. It, it is a rich and story tradition in podcasting, and so we're, of course, very happy to see Ruby. Also happy to be joined in our next segment by our guest this week. Helen Hong, really terrific stand-up comedian, podcaster, actress. You and I, Elisa, have kind of a special connection to her art because we're both very big fans of her podcast network that she's on with her podcast, yes. Go Fact Yourself, the Maximum Fun Network. We mm -hmm. love the podcasts on that. Uh, you sure actually do. got me turned on to Max Fun because you're the one who got me interested in my brother, my brother, and me. Yes. A classic. Yes. And since then, I've sort of gone into the full on into the maximum fun rabbit hole, whether it's adventure zone or mission ah. to Zix or beef and dairy network or Helen Hong's podcast, mm -hmm. go fact yourself with J Keith Van Stratton excited to hear her talk about that. Cause I know we're both kind of interested in the artist run aspect of that podcast network. Yeah. That's super cool. Helen also has a stand up special coming out or is already out. I should say called well hung. It's available on the streaming platforms. Great. And we always have fun when the stand up comics show up, right? Remember we had a, Chris Gethard on a few months back. That yes. was a blast. That was a great show. Yeah. Love it. So that's coming up. Don't go anywhere for that. And before we get to any of that, I have to do another time-honored tradition of Break the Business, which is Make It About Me. And so hey. we're going to make it about me for a bit. I got some announcements, personal things going on that I'd love to share with everybody uh, before uh, we uh, get into our news. Uh, oh, I like that. I think we got that in the clear. I think we can save that as a sound and make that the official Ryan is making it about him sound effect. Wonderful. It's I have the privilege. There you go. I have My to share with you, Elisa, a, a piece of uh, kind of crappy news, oh. but we will we will uh, kind of smooth it out with a piece of fantastically wonderful news. Okay. 
And much as people have told me in my life, you always like to get the bad news first so you can be showered sandwich. with good news. Sandwich it. Yeah, that's right. That's what. So that's what we're. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Producer Lauren has just titled our segment. Ryan is making it about him. Beautiful. Please keep that uh, sign up there, Lauren, for the entirety of the Ryan is making it about him segment so that people know what's going on and then when we when we resume our regularly scheduled more selfless programming the people will be aware of it so the first thing i want to note in terms of the bad news um, elisa already knows the good news but she does not know the bad news yet because i want to get her genuine reaction all right this is something that happened to me uh, earlier last week elisa um one morning about friday morning um as we record this so about three or four days ago I wake up to a knock on my door from a uniform member of the Miami-Dade Police Department. Oh, no. There's some good news, right? Because no one's ever going to—a cop never knocks on your door to just say, we just want to let you know that you're just doing—you're just a fantastic person. <laughs> Borrow a cup of sugar. Yeah. Here's, here's a fruit <laughs> basket for just being a swell guy. Everyone at the station loves you. Ooh. I open the door, and the officer just looks at me— points to the driveway and says, your car. That's all he gives me. Oh, no. So you can imagine the whole universe of things that could your car mean. And so immediately I sprint out to my driveway to see what happened to my car. And I look and at first I go, oh, good. My car hasn't been stolen because I see it right there. Okay. Until I look a little lower, and Lauren, I think you have a picture you can show everybody. Oh, no. There oh, we go. <laughs> no. For the radio and podcasting audience, I can uh, oh. narrate this for you. My lovely, moderately priced sedan is up on four cinder blocks in my driveway. Literally. Put your car on blocks, yeah. my guy. I thought that was just like an expression. <laughs> That's a, it's literally on. Yep. Blocks. In, in the middle of the night, uh, a a group of enterprising, uh, you know, young mechanics, we'll call them, uh, with, with all the speed and efficiency of like a NASCAR pit crew. Removed all four wheels and tires from my automobile from my driveway while I was sleeping in the middle of the night and left the car up on blocks. And they did not even have the decency, viewers and listeners, to put them up on like good cinder blocks like you see in the movies. I mean, what do you call those blocks there, Elisa? Those look like the things like you border your those, garden with in a backyard. Those... Mm, that <laughs> It's like lost pavers or like headstone markers from a local cemetery or potentially from an outdoor statue from some sort of nearby place of worship. I don't know. It doesn't look great. It's like moss covered and stuff. And also at a very precarious angle. Yeah. <laughs> kind of amazing that those little guys can, uh, you know, support a one and a half ton automobile. I mean, they're, they're really uh, doing some good work there. Those little blocks. Um, moderately priced a day. And so that's. Did you and, have the spinnies on them? Like, is it like, like, like were they cool wheels? <laughs> that's what the cop asked. Like, that was just, that's what like the cop asked first. He's like, he's like, do you have like cool wheels? And I just kind of want to be like, all right, look at me. <laughs> look at like how I'm dressed and just my general, what I'm about. And you asked me if I'm ever going to have cool wheels and and somehow decide to put my cool wheels on that particular automobile. Like in a real lipstick on a pig kind of approach. No, they were like pretty standard wheels that uh, some folks in my neighborhood just decided I didn't need on my car anymore. Um, I mean, honestly, with gas prices the way they are these days, you know, they're frankly, probably doing me a favor. Like the most annoying thing about it was trying to get somebody to like tow my car or like, you know, get my car out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause how? Cause how yeah. No... So I call the first mechanic or like body shop. I call, I tell them the whole story, middle of the night, cop knocks on the door, you know, your car's up on blocks, you know, sorry. And I, and I say this and I say, Hey, so can your, 
can your body shop help me? And the lady on the phone goes, of course, sir. Absolutely. We're here from you. Just feel free to bring your car around at some point today. We'll get that taken care of. No. I'm like, ma'am, let me run through the story again. I want you to really pay attention to the last sentence. I'm going to say this in bold and italics. <laughs> On blocks. Yeah. No wheels. It's like, it's like I really am going to need door-to-door service on this one, unfortunately. Oh, So no. that's what we're dealing with right now. And normally, and we can take that down, Lauren, uh, off. <laughs> Yep, and yeah, get, yeah, get right back to Ryan is making it about him. That's what we want. Um, and and so like you had like you know you would ask like is this something that we can laugh about? Absolutely. Um, it's it's hilarious, and I I but it's not like you have anywhere to be in a couple of days. Oh yeah. So about that, yeah. Normally, the the thought of waking up to a cop in my front lawn telling me my car is up on blocks would just be enough to ruin my week and several weeks afterward. However, the good news that I have to share with you and with the podcasting folks out there in in the visual medium and the audio medium is such good news that I, I mean, my car could be just like completely demolished, could, you know, look like something like look like an NPC in the twisted metal franchise. <laughs> and yeah, that was a deep cut for the, uh, for nice. the, for the nineties babies out there. That was for me. <laughs> um, that, you know, I still wouldn't care because the good news I have to share is, is so, so good. I have not shared this publicly yet. Really? I have not put this on social yeah, media. Cool. No, but I mean like, you know, Within the I mean, local I'm... kind of friend networks, but has not gone out on social media. This is a you heard it here first moment. Oh, uh, Serious XM exclusive. Um, we record this on Wednesday. So it is, is uh, July 13th as we record this. On July 15th, assuming all goes according to plan, um, I'm going to be a dad. <gasps> there we go. Yeah, I forgot. Go. I played the wrong sound effect. That's the we're happy for one of our guests sound effect that I played. And I should have played the uh, Ryan is making it about him kazoo. Yes. Uh, we have a little boy that will be joining us on Friday. So by the time this goes out on Sirius XM, I might already be a dad. Oh, my gosh. And I am. I'm over the moon. I am. I'm so, so excited. People. People have asked, am I nervous? Am I concerned? Am I frightened? Am I overwhelmed? And yes, but it is just significantly overcome by this a massive amount of joy and gratitude and just, just you know, super happiness that I have to, to have this in my family. And I love that I, you know, I'm sharing it with everybody here. Like the, the podcast has always kind of been around through like my adult life growth. Like I remember telling the folks on this show six, seven years ago when my wife and I got engaged and then talking about the wedding on the show. And now here's the Bay Bay uh, joining us. (laughs) And it's, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. We had the last ultrasound today. Oh boy. And uh, he's looking, he's a big old baby as the, you know, as the internet meme goes in terms of size, he is in uh, oh lord, he oh lord, he come in territory. He he passed Chonker a while ago. Oh wow, he's a big old baby. He is at his. We just had his thirty six ish, thirty seven week ultrasound. Kid is eight pounds ten ounces. We are making D one babies in the Corella household, and I don't know how. I'm not very big. My wife's not very big. And this kid's coming out of here like a freaking offensive tackle. It is, hey. you know, just thank God it's a cesarean section. Let me tell oh, you. <laughs> oh, bless so her. <laughs> um, we, we did have the ultrasound today and we were excited because this is like the last one. We're supposed to get like the really good pictures of the baby, you know, high definition face and everything. And, Ooh. you know, oh, and like, you know, oh, we're going to finally really see what this kid looks like. This is the <laughs> one. Because the other ones, you see him, and he kind of looks like a seahorse a little bit. But there's a fully formed baby in there now. Yeah. And we're going to get what he looks like. And this kid was not having it. 
super camera shy. Had not both ready. of his hands like up in front of his no, face. No, no pictures. Yeah, not like yet. he's one of these white collar criminals doing a perp walk out of the courthouse. Like, don't look at me. No, no, no. Uh, not having it. And so we, we didn't get anything of his face. And just for whatever reason, maybe it was the angles or the lighting, like everything was coming in in crappy resolution. We weren't getting like his feet. He got the James Webb on that. Yeah, we're getting getting his fingers, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, no James Webb telescope level clarity here. Until we get, and, I, and apologies in advance, if you don't like sophomoric humor, just go Ooh. ahead and skip, do that 15 second skip on your podcast right now. <laughs> if you're in, If you're listening to radio, you're just screwed because you can't do that. But- the only thing that came in in perfect hey. 4K James hey. Webb clarity were these kids' testicles. Hey, gotta start Just, the OnlyFans. I mean, <laughs> like, and 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 like the ultrasound tech even joked, "Do you want a picture of these?" I was like, "No, I can't no, keep these good. in my wallet. That's a we're felony." Fine. We're fine. We're good. <laughs> we have acknowledged. Yeah. They so, exist. <laughs> we're just going to have to settle for the 3D rendering that we're going to get on Friday when this kid yeah, is born. Yeah, and that's I have better. no clue what he's going to look like. But that's better. It we're, mm, just like like <laughs> the kid was like just just not 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 the face, not yet, not prepared. The the lighting. You know yeah. what it might have been the lighting. Angles, angles, you know. Might not, you know, you, you have to find like that golden hour light. You know, you got to find that golden hour. So, you know, absolutely. Well, either way, I could not be more thrilled for the little guy to join us. I just have a a perpetual smile on my face. And now, so we can go ahead and take the Ryan is making it about him sign down because uh, this next piece that I'm going to talk about, while technically sort of about me in the sense that I'm kind of causing this is really about everybody other than me. Oh, Uh, because Uh, For the next four episodes, while I am attending to the the birth of my of my little one and getting him acclimated to the world and uh, doing swaddling. Oh, by the way, before I make this announcement, I should note. um, Okay, one more thing about me. Let's put that sign back up. I got one more. Make it about me here that I'm going to talk about. So with respect to this baby. Just want to let you all know, like, I'm not one to brag. All right. I try to, I understand there's lots of folks in this world who are better than me at any, at many things. And I, so I'd never want to like toot, toot my own horn. Right. But let me tell you something, viewers and listeners and Elisa, I am so good at swaddling. All right. I know everybody says like swaddling is hard. And like, it's challenging and I can't figure it out. And they actually sell swaddles that are like what they call cheater swaddlers, where it's basically just like Velcro. So you don't have to like do it, but your boy's been practicing. All right. Have you been practicing on a squirmy baby though? Hey, 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 don't ruin this for me. Okay. <laughs> cause yeah, all I'm the, cause saying. the, cause there isn't a, the point is I've been practicing and there isn't a single uh, basically, every stuffed animal I've ever gotten my wife for the last 10 years has been swaddled. That's amazing. And and like there are a few like stuffed like bears that have even been diapered because I've been practicing that. Ooh. But like, but look, oh, like, <laughs> you have this is All a right. this is a little doll. All right, that, let's check you know, the technique here. And and I mean, just like he is like like this little guy ain't going anywhere. He is impeccably swaddled. I got him right here. And uh, so, you know. And, and, but yeah, thanks for ruining me. Yeah, yeah, I have not practiced this under under kicking leg and screaming baby conditions. But if the baby doesn't move and the arms and legs stay perfectly still, I got the swaddling down. That's all I'm saying. That's all. You just have to pick your moment. You just have to pick the right. right. Just that's right. Just, um, just but full, full burritos. It was the thing I was worried about. But like, thanks to my my pediatric nurse sister in law which is always a nice thing to have in your back pocket, by the way. Hey. And uh, an unlimited supply of instructional YouTube videos. Uh, <laughs> your boy's gotten good at swaddling. All right. All right. That's it. All right. So let's go. Let's start. Right, so now we're back to Ryan not making it about him and making it about everybody but him. So yeah. the baby's coming for the next next you know few weeks. So I'm going to be a little busy with that. Some folks have asked about like what will become of the podcast while I am, you know, doing the baby thing. And the Good, excellent, wonderful, fantastic news is that Break the Business will still be doing its weekly show. 
Uh, we're still going to be on the uh, radio and podcast live stream. When I say we, I don't mean me because I won't be hosting for those weeks. For the next four weeks, Break the Business will be hosted by Elisa Rockdock. Apologies in advance. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is the textbook Elisa Rockdock imposter syndrome undersell it move let me it's tell you all right like we got we got to talk about this all right because at least the <clears throat> gulf between your perception of your talents and your actual talents is so wide and vast that we could put it in the arizona desert and it would be one of our national treasures it would be the <laughs> crown jewel of our national park system all right <laughs> I am I'm so concerned about you hosting this show, not because it's going to be bad, but just the opposite, that it's going to be like when John Stewart let John Oliver host The Daily Show for three months when he directed that movie. And then nobody missed John Stewart. That's oh, what man. I'm afraid of. Oh, no, 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 no. They're, they 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 will miss you a great deal. <laughs> I am thrilled for the perspective you're going to bring, though, because, again, you know, you're talking about Ph.D. in pop culture, musician, voiceover artist. You have a lot of cool things that you're doing. You'll be able to bring kind of the first person perspective to the shows because everything that I'm, you know, everything I talk about, it's secondhand, right? I, I work in the artist service industry. I help creators, but I am not myself one. And so what are you as doing right now, you silly goose? I'm making it about me. And that's uh, what I've been doing for the first half hour. <laughs> Um, saying you're and, a creator, dang it. I mean, you know, I, I play one on uh, live stream, and so like I, I'm excited for them to get to your get, get your respective. And speaking of like cool things you're doing as a creator, I was so pleased to find out that you now have an agent. I do. Just yeah. Okay. Fabulous, you know, wonderful news. I'll, I'll, like I'll, I'll consume myself. <laughs> there you there go. You go. <laughs> yeah, I have an agent, which means that officially, I guess my full-time job is is to audition. <laughs> officially now. That's, that's legit. <laughs> Man. I'm very excited about it, though. The audition's so, like, been really, really fun. I mean, I, I wouldn't know what it means to get an agent. I've helped other people get agents by negotiating their contracts. But usually once they get the agent, like, I don't hear from the artist anymore because they're just off with their agent doing cool things. So, like, what happens now? Like, you're, you're getting audition notices? Yeah. like. Is the agent like, like I'm imagining like kind of the, you know, the old lady who like smells like, you know, you know smells of cigarettes. I got a great bit. I got a great pot for you, kid. Got a great pot. I mean, I mean, yes, except it doesn't come in, in phone call form. Sometimes it, it comes in email form. So, so I have to like picture, Hey, I know we don't have headshots yet, but I found this pot <laughs> and I submitted it. I, I submitted you right away. I think you have a great look for this. <laughs> essentially that or like um the the cool thing is is like they they you know try to give us notice you know as much as possible but they're but some of these are like please confirm can you turn this around in less than 24 hours i'm like oh well i'm going home from this thing and, and hopping in the booth i guess i guess um but it's really cool because it's like one of the things as um as an indie person before having an agent was like the idea of like where do i find these things right it's like i was lucky enough to get a voice acting role in a video game um but that came through years of networking and my work in the game industry but now i'm like shoot i want to do this voice acting thing full time where do i get those cool cool auditions where do i get those casting notices where do i find those so that i could submit myself um and it's a whole bunch of places and it's a huge grind and and one of the cool things about having an agent is like they are tapped in to a whole bunch of casting directors they get contacted directly for roles and then you know they they, they pass those savings on to you and then you pass your 10 percent on to them <laughs> <laughs> it, it do so be like, like that cool. yeah but it's really cool because it's like the caliber of things that i'm getting in my inbox is like oh oh this is real like oh someone my. who you know someone who grew up like my, my mom worked at an advertising agency so i have like a very I have a very like strong um, love and affinity and like weird hyperfixation on commercials and marketing and, and that whole industry and especially like commercial voiceover work and commercial acting. So I feel like I'm very 
personally well well suited for the job but like to actually record the auditions where i get to like say fast legal lines <laughs> i actually got to do that one and i was like oh my gosh i get to do this not a dirty spokesperson <laughs> restrictions apply <laughs> please check site for more details i'm like oh my god i get to so that's that that has been like a really wild like oh this is like this is how it happens you know this is how like that 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 ad that i skip on youtube i'm like oh that's gonna be my voice they're skipping maybe (laughs) i'm gonna be the one they skip (laughs) i'm gonna be the one they skip you know maybe maybe i could one day emerge tremfiant myself you know what i mean like that's that's you know nothing nothing is everything and and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm I don't know I'm really excited to see where this goes I haven't been booked yet but like I've gotten a couple of callbacks and so it's been I don't know it's been a cool couple of weeks so far so I, I I don't know where the ceiling is but but I'm I'm really excited to to keep chipping away at this and see how far we can take this thing I could not be happier for you and it could not go to somebody more deserving and that's going to be who's hosting break the business starting next week for the next four episodes it's going to be a blast um you got some great guests coming up for the weeks that you're hosting i think you have the ceo of TuneCore. you're going to be interviewing next week which by the way i'm so upset and kind of jealous about <laughs> i've been trying to get somebody from TuneCore on this show for six damn years like we've gotten folks from cd baby and distro kid TuneCore, for whatever reason, it's been stonewalling this podcast. We finally get somebody from TuneCore as a guest. And not only that, the damn CEO and, you know, friggin' kid gets Got born. Can't go. But so, but I, I know, I know it's going to be fabulous. And like, I will, I'll, I'll be watching while like furiously trying to put like an angry infant to bed. And it's going to be fantastic. Um, we have about two or three minutes, and I just want to briefly talk about this story real quick. Oh, so yes. we need at least one story in before we talk to Helen Hong in the next segment. Um, they came after a national treasure. They did. Elisa. They did. They were like the if you charted productivity on yeah. a, on on a thing, you would see a very significant dip. Yeah. Because of this very key, like life altering, honestly, event. They came after. America's sweetheart. I'll just go ahead and say it. They came after the the woman who is single-handedly responsible for our near zero unemployment rate in this country. She's the reason we're all working so hard. Elisa, they came after Lo-Fi Girl. I know. Lo-Fi Girl. On July 10th, after streaming continuously for over 20,000 hours, that's uh, almost three years, that's the YouTube, time. I know uh, she's just been uh, lo-fi girl, the YouTube channel. This is the lo-fi girl channel. The creators of the immensely popular lo-fi hip hop radio beats to relax and study to. We've all uh, frequented it from time to time mm-hmm. was shut down by YouTube without warning, much to the displeasure of the channel's 10 million plus YouTube subscribers. Basically, um, you know, YouTube got a takedown notice and sent that notice to the lo-fi girl channel, shut it down saying that it had a uh, the channel had infringing music on it. It basically just streams lo-fi hip hop music all day. Here's the problem. There was no infringing material. All of the music on the Lo-Fi Girl channel is released through the channel's label. They have all the necessary oh. rights. Which by the way, I was shocked to find out about. Like I yeah, didn't I was, like I thought for sure like everything on that channel was bootlegged. Apparently they're doing it by the book over at Lo-Fi no. Girl. Lo-Fi which, Girl which wouldn't steal content. Outrageous. Yeah. 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 This, this, it makes this even more egregious. I was yeah. like, well, you know, it was only a matter of time, yeah. but no, actually. <laughs> so only a matter of time before things came, came, uh, caught up with Lo-Fi Girl. No, Lo-Fi Girl is honest. She's just there sitting at her desk, studying hard, respecting intellectual property for 20,000 consecutive hours. But what the, and, uh, you know, so they, they, the Lo-Fi Girl people, lo I like to think lo- Lo-Fi Girl herself did this because she's very yes. diligent, always working yeah. away at her desk. Yep. She, you know, replied to YouTube saying, look, this is all legit music. And the, uh, the lo-fi girl folks actually like tweeted at YouTube and said, Hey, what's going on? YouTube replied on the, on, on the tweet that a uh, lo-fi girl channel posted saying, you're absolutely right. This, uh, this, the takedown request was an error and we're going to reinstate the video. Um, as of today, 
uh, Wednesday the 13th as we're recording this. The the popular stream is back up. It wasn't up even as of yesterday, but we're back. Lo-Fi Girl is back studying furiously at her desk. Thank goodness we can all get back to work. Um, but what the Lo-Fi Girl channel situation, Elisa, is is just a, a latest example of what we're seeing was is a trend of abusive takedown requests where people, either because they want to stick it to some creator, uh, will submit false copyright infringement allegations alleging that they are the owner of copyrighted work and platforms like YouTube and increasingly Spotify are so afraid of being secondarily liable that they will shoot first and ask questions later. They will take down a channel um, without really kind of doing for, you know, formal investigation without letting, without giving the channel a heads up. Yeah. Um, and and so, like, with Lo-Fi Girl, I don't know how popular... I don't know if that, if that channel makes a lot of money. I bet it does, given all the people that watch it. Um, and when this happens to major labels, it's not really a problem for them either because they have massive legal teams. And, you know, platforms like YouTube and Spotify are kind of so close and in bed with the labels that they kind of get different treatment. Where we're seeing this happen more where I get concerned, and creators like you should get concerned, is when it happens to indie creators. Yep. False, abusive copyright takedown requests toward indie creators are becoming very common. If you want a little bit of uh, gender intersectionality here, Elisa, it happens a lot to female indie creators. Some guy who decides, like, I'm just going to be an a-hole to a female creator will submit a bogus takedown request. And because that is an artist with not a lot of power, not a lot of leverage, Spotify will uh, remove their music. And... Sometimes artists can be uh, stuck for days, weeks, months trying to get Spotify to reinstate their music. And because they don't have a lot of power and leverage, Spotify will often drag their feet. YouTube is a little bit better with this than Spotify. Uh, Spotify, I think TechCrunch just put out a whole article about how god-awful Spotify is with this. But it is something that really concerns me. And when you look at, say, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which is supposed to be the law that kind of sets the terms for how these disputes are supposed to be negotiated. The law says if somebody submits a notice, then you take it down. But then if the artist submits a counter notice and says, Hey, this isn't infringing, you're supposed to put it back up. Oh. But these, but these platforms probably cause they don't use DMCA. They probably use like their own takedown procedure so they can get away with this, but they're never as quick to put up, put back up the material as they are to take it down. And it's really hurting indie creators specifically because the, again the major labels they don't get this treatment it's just the little guys and gals yeah it's it's unfortunate too because what happens is like in those days in an algorithm based situation like a spotify or youtube those like first few days after you upload something those are some of the most important in terms of sharing and generating discoverability on the algorithm so like even having your video down for for x amount of time that could hurt total viewer count over time and especially if like strikes mount up and then eventually threaten the life of the account itself um yeah that's that's super dangerous stuff i'm definitely happy that lo-fi girl got hers but it would be nice to see youtube pay some attention to some of the smaller folks that maybe aren't making them as much ad revenue and this is not going to make sense when i uh, say it right now but i will explain myself this is why i'm mad at josh hawley so we this talked about, why. yeah, well, yeah, well, there are many reasons to be mad at Senator Josh Hawley, but uh, this is why in particular for this context, mm. a few months ago, we talked about a story where Josh Hawley went on this crusade yeah. against Disney's copyright, mm. where, you know, he, he created this completely ridiculous federal uh, proposed bill that was going to like terminate Disney's copyright duration which would have violated the Constitution, would have violated at least one international treaty. And it was just out there to kind of stick it to Disney because Disney had the audacity to say that, hey, gay people are people. Um, and the reason why I got mad at Josh Hawley at the time is in addition to like the incredibly homophobic, using copyright laws and instrument to be homophobic. He also, what it also does, and what I mentioned on that episode was, 
It's so damn hard to get Congress to focus on copyright law. Copyright law is this thing that Congress does like once every 30 years. And then once they do it, they're like, all right, we'll see you again in 2020, you know, 2039 or something when we think we're going to do it again. So call me when Steamboat Willie's almost up. (laughs) Exactly. It's so hard to get Congress to focus on copyright. And and there's so many things that indie artists need, like, for example, a law that could give artists real recourse when abusive takedowns like this happen, that when Josh Hawley wastes even an ounce of legislative energy and congressional time on copyright by vendetta bills that just stick it to Disney and have no chance of becoming law, that makes me really upset because we have a lot of legitimate copyright problems that we need to solve for indie artists now and we're wasting that important political capital and legislative energy on sticking it to Disney. And that that stinks to me. So that is that's uh that's why I'm upset at Josh Hawley. Other than that, he's great. No notes. <laughs> just, no notes. Just a fantastic person all around. Other than that, just his copyright law. That's what we're upset about. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Excited as hell to be talking with Helen Hong, who's going to be joining us. Don't go anywhere. Keep checking out Break the Business. Ryan Corella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Break the Business. Ryan Carell here with Elisa Rockdock, and happy as all get out to have y'all joining us here wherever you're checking us out, whether it's podcast platforms or whether it's the live streaming platforms or whether it is on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Much love to the Slam Radio people for giving us a radio home where we are very much enjoying ourselves and putting our feet up. Let's go ahead and bring out. Oh, and we're sorry. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure the radio folks loved the Ryan making it about himself segment. Just exactly what they need at that station. Let's go ahead and bring out our guest this week. She is a fantastic comedian and actor who is well-known as a regular panelist on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Her latest stand-up special, Well Hung, dropped last month and is available on all major streaming platforms. You can find out more about our guest work by visiting www.helenhong.com. We are thrilled to welcome Helen Hong on to Break the Business. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, so much to, I, I've been listening in, in the back room and Elisa, congratulations on getting an agent. If I had a kazoo, I would kazoo you. This is my human kazoo. That's me with my mouth doing a kazoo. It's a damn good kazoo. Let me tell you. Ryan, I think it's so cute that you think swaddling every stuffed animal in your house has prepared you for <laughs> swaddling a real life human baby. You cute, right? I don't know what you're talking about. I got this. I got this. No problem. Ryan, as someone who 
best one. <sighs> as someone who has a 14-month-old baby in the house right now, I can tell you all the things that you prepared for are baloney. <laughs> baloney. Helen, um, I would, I'd like to talk to you about uh, your 14-month-old. Because... Yes. Um, I was, you know, first of all, because I need all the advice in the world, because yeah. don't let the impeccable <laughs> swaddling fool you. I am so afraid of like messing everything up. Yes. But I was listening uh, to a recent episode of your podcast, Go Fact Yourself on the Maximum Fun Network. Thank you. Of course. And you were talking to your host, the equally awesome J. Keith Van Stratton, about a story involving your baby. Yes. You were telling him about this custom in Korean culture. This is a ceremony where yes. basically you have your baby pick out their career at one year old. At one year old. Yeah, yeah. because Koreans are not known for chill. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, just like, chill. you know. We need to know at the age of one how yeah. to prepare this child for success. Set them on and... an irreversible path right away. Let, 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 me, let me lay out for everybody how this works because... <laughs> I had to look, you know, I looked into this a little bit. So you, you, you play, you know, it's a ceremony. You have your baby basically pick out their career by you place a bunch of objects in front of them that symbolize different careers. Like, uh, you might have a stethoscope there to symbolize medicine, a paintbrush to symbolize becoming an artist. Right. And you had mentioned on the show, Helen, that when you did this for your child, you actually changed it up a bit that's right. because typically one of the things that's commonly laid out for a child in this ceremony is a gavel to symbolize yes. becoming a, tiny, a lawyer. A tiny baby gavel. Cute. <laughs> but you and your sister decided to call it a, call an audible, and you replaced that gavel with a toy astronaut because you didn't want your kid to choose law. Now, I will say, as a lawyer, <laughs> I am offended by this. But well, also, as a lawyer, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I will that from the little that I've interacted with you thus far, but also listening backstage and stuff, I can tell that you are one of the few lawyers that enjoys your work, that you, you enjoy law, you enjoy helping people using your law degree as being a lawyer, like you're in the right profession and you're the only one. <laughs> because That's, that's a, a good testimonial. I know quite a few lawyers, you know what I mean? Like, like Korean parents are pushing their children to either become doctors or lawyers. It's like the number two professions that all Korean parents want their kids to be. And so I know quite a few doctors and I know quite a few lawyers. I don't know a single lawyer that is like, I'm just stoked to be a lawyer. Woo! I don't know. You might be the only lawyer that's like, yeah, I really like this. Like, I don't know a single lawyer that's like, that gets up out of bed and is like, yes, let's go lawyering. <laughs> I'm going to lawyer so hard today. Let's go, let's go. Let's go do some lawyering. Yes. Oh, yes. Hold me back for my lawyering. Yeah. So uh, I do know quite a lot of miserable lawyers. Uh, no offense to the lawyers out there that aren't miserable lawyers. Uh, but if you are a miserable lawyer, I see you. I, 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 I commiserate with you. I'm sorry that your parents made you do this horrible thing, but get out now while you can. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much right. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, Helen, the reason why I, because you, you got me exactly right. I do very much enjoy the law and practicing it and that is fully a consequence of the clients i get to work with it is creators like you that are fun and interesting like it's not it's not some stuffy bank where i'm doing like weird regulatory stuff it's helping cool creators do cool things yeah. and you really embody that because like the, the stuff that you work with and like the folks that you work with that seems fun like uh elisa and i were talking before you popped in about the maximum fun network we're both big fans of it we, oh, we listen to a bunch of the shows on that network and we just love the model of it like the idea of the it's an artist owned podcast network and you know so it's, it's creator centered which is the the stuff i like to work on as an yeah. attorney so i'm down with that What's it like working with that network? Do you, do you yeah. love kind of the empowerment oh that God. comes with it? I love it so much. And Jesse Thorne, the artist in question who owns the network, started the network. And it, and, and it, it's featured on, you know, he has his own podcasts on the network. And he's just such a great person. And really his ethos is is just 
you know, he's he's really like he was woke before woke, I feel. You know, he's he's a, a white guy, uh, but he grew up in, I think, Oakland, like in a predominantly black neighborhood, black and Latino neighborhood. And he was like one of the only like white kids in his school. And he just talks about this stuff openly. He has a trans child, you know, at a very young age who he's so supportive of. And he's just he's the best. Like he's like, I want to support artists of every breed you know every color every creed every sexual orientation i have a trans child so i like i i like i'm, I'm i want to learn more and like be super supportive of that and he's educated me on you know on on like you know having trans family members and friends and he's just the best guy and and the ethos of that of that um podcast network I, i'm just honored to be a part of it i'm just so stoked to be a family and the and audiences there are so loyal like they do a Max Fun Con, like a convention, yes. like a Comic Con, but it's only for Maximum Fun podcast listeners. And these people show up, and it's like summer camp for grownups, and people have so much fun. Like it's so much fun. Oh my gosh, that's that's lovely, and it it makes me happy to know that Jesse Thorne is a good person because really I was person. so, because he's like a hero and I would hate for this to be like a never meet your heroes kind of thing. I, oh. I love knowing that he's every bit as good of a human as he sounds on a microphone. I know. And I'm a bad liar. So if he was a trash bag, <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, mm-hmm. Nah. Yep. Let's... <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like, yep, that is a podcast network. <laughs> Jesse, see, here, here's how you'd know, Elisa, that uh, Helen uh, didn't like Jesse. It'd be this Jesse, you know, Jesse's Jesse. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, exactly. He, he, he just does his own thing, you yeah, know? It's so just, diplomatic. He's... It's so true. It's so true. I love those diplomatic answers when you're like, mm hmm, yep. Yeah. He, yep. he really doesn't uh, care what anyone thinks about him. And, and I, I, that's admirable, I guess. Jesse's Jesse is classic. Like that's such a great like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like, uh, yep. Like that's that's that that is the go-to like press junket. Uh, the, my co-star is a bleephole move. Yep, totally. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk about your new special, which yes. uh, I I love. Uh, well hung. It came out last month. It is your first special since you've been off stage for a year due to COVID. I What's know. it like for you getting back I into the swing it. of things? I know that like COVID and quarantine has fit a lot into your material. Oh my gosh. And I, you know, I know a lot of comedians who really, um, you know, they really pushed it. Like they did shows before a lot of things were open. They did like outdoor shows. A lot of us were just doing Zoom shows over the pandemic. I am a germaphobe. And I don't, I'm like the kind of person that like, I catch bronchitis every year. So I just have a, not a great immune system. So I was terrified of catching COVID. So I didn't do any shows for like a year and a half, like the whole first year and a half of the pandemic. And then of course I get this call from Comedy Dynamics, the company that produced my special, like, Hey, we want to produce your special and we want to shoot it in a month. And I'm like, ah, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And so I had a month to get up to speed on like taping like an entire hour of material for the special after a year and a half of not being on stage. I mean, oh it was God. bonkers, it was bonkers, but you know what? I rolled with it and I think it turned out great. And, you know, thankfully, like I've been doing stand up long enough that it's it is kind of like getting back on a bike. Although the first time you get back on the bike, you're like, whoa, am I going to crash? Whoa, the handlebars are going everywhere. Like, am I going to crash? Ah! But uh, I have been doing it long enough that I, I am a you know, I, I know how to tell the jokes and deliver the jokes and write the jokes. And um, it was a lot of new stuff that I incorporated into the special that was pandemic based because you know, I'm, I'm the type of comedian that just has to talk about what's going on in my life. So like what was going on in my life was the pandemic and my new baby and, you know, buying a house during the pandemic, like all that stuff is in the special because it was like, what was really happening in my life. Elisa, yeah. uh, Helen has this, uh, super funny joke in her special about <laughs> dating during quarantine <laughs> and how, because we're all masked, um, like, it's you know you're sort of like just you know playing Russian roulette like you don't know what and 
and people can look like super hot with just oh, yeah. like their eyes. Mm-hmm. And and so you don't know what you're getting like behind the mask. And I actually have it actually reminded me of a story that happened to me a few weeks ago, Helen, that you're going to appreciate. So uh, my mother-in-law lives with us. She's helping us take care of the baby, which is such a blessing. I love it. Right. Um, and I was taking my mother-in-law to the grocery store to do some shopping for the family for us while my wife is at home just being pregnant because that's what she needs to do right yeah. now because like oh, that's yeah. you know, she's exhausted. So I'm at a I'm at a Win Dixie and you know I'm I'm walking you know, my 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 mother-in-law only speaks Mandarin so like I'm trying to just like say things to her in broken Mandarin doesn't speak a word of English and you know she's she's only been in the United States very recently. I walk away for like five minutes to go like grab a couple oranges off the counter. All of a sudden, I see this like guy in his forties just saddle on up to my mother-in-law and just starts laying game on her. No. And he does, he does this move. He does the, uh, the move where he's like holding uh, like some produce and he's just like, you know, I never know which one of these to pick. Is there any way you can help me? Which we can all agree. Like kind of a, kind of a slick move. The incompetent guy at the grocery store needs a woman to help him. So like nineties rom-com. Exactly. Like, like but, wasn't that like, a scene in Sleepless in Seattle or something? Like, so, there, like there must be a, a movie. That, yeah, that's exactly. Movie but like the thing is, my mother-in-law, you know, she's she's old. <laughs> she's a lovely woman. She's old. But, you know, when she's wearing a hat, a pair of glasses, a mask, and like, you know, kind of stylish, fashionable clothes, Ooh. she could look anywhere from like 19 to 97. <laughs> and... This guy like just sees her in the produce aisle and is like, look at this smoke show. Yeah. I gotta make my move. And yeah. like I, I had to kind of walk up and gently explain to him, like, she's not gonna be able to help you with your produce problem, dude. <laughs> she she does not understand a word you're saying. But like he but yeah, he got he got caught up in that mask uh, you know, <laughs> quagmire that she talked about during your I'm special. Telling you, and that was like that joke. I was t- I told it all throughout the pandemic and it got the biggest laughs because it really resonated with people where I said, I have zero ability to tell how hot you are behind your mask. Like, and I, it, as part of the joke, I say, you know, we've always been told that the eyes are the windows to the soul. And now we know that's baloney, that the bottom third, like the bottom two thirds of your face are doing all the heavy lifting. Like, because... Because you can say, because we've all had the experience where you can see someone with like super dark sunglasses and still tell if they're hot, right? Yeah. Like the, the it's not the eyes, it's the rest of the face. But behind the mask, ooh, you don't know what you're getting. It's like it's the wild, wild west under that mask. Like you have no idea what's going on. And I've had the experience where I was like, ooh, look at that hottie patati, and they pull their mask down, and I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> What happened there? Oh no! Oh my god! Oh, I, I, I know, I know that things just kind of got generally crazy for you during quarantine, as they have for all of us. By the way, did I did I read correctly that like you were stealing your dog Xanax during yes. lockdown? Hundred percent. First of all, didn't know zo- dogs could be prescribed Xanax. Oh, what happened? There's a, I, there's a whole huge chunk of this in my special well hong which if you're interested in dogs or xanax <laughs> you should, and who isn't <laughs> you should watch the special so i taught i had this whole chunk in the special about how i was so stressed out which i think a lot of us were i was grinding my teeth i wasn't sleeping well and um I love Xanax. I'm not going to lie. Xanax, Xanax helps me sleep like better than anything helps me sleep. And I don't even like, I'm not addicted. Like I, I take like a half or a quarter and that just does me so well. Like on the occasional Mm. nights where I legit can't sleep, I will take half or a quarter of Xanax and it's chef's kiss. Like, so it's such a great sleep. And so I ask my doctor, you know, occasionally for like small amounts of Xanax, but I guess because of the opioid crisis, they've really cracked down on prescribing Xanax. And so I tell the whole story, all true story about trying to get Xanax from a doctor. And she's like militant. She's like, Helen, I'll give you five, five Xanax. And then you come back and see me. And I'm like, what am I in a halfway house? Like, am I in like, am I in a prison like program right now? Like I've done nothing wrong. So then I find out, I learned separately that 
you can, a you can get Xanax for your dog. And a lot of people get prescriptions for Xanax if they have very anxious dogs or for the occasional, like if the dog needs to travel on a mm-hmm. plane or the dog needs to, needs to like get his, you know, teeth cleaned or something like you give the dog a little bit of Xanax, chill him out. I learned from a medical professional that dog Xanax and people Xanax is the exact same stuff. It's the same Xanax. You just have to mess around with the amounts. So the joke that I tell is one every one hour for you is one every seven hours for the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to wrap the pill in bologna or anything you don't have to I mix mean, it in peanut butter you could just take it just i mean why not <laughs> and, Make it a party. A, and that is a completely true story like i learned that from an actual doctor who was like oh yeah i ran out of xanax so i took my dogs and i was this, like wait 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 what <laughs> this freaking country man you want to get xanax as a person like you're you're filling out forms you got to oh. get like 17 people to sign off on yes. it or you just say hey my labradoodle's been feeling a little low correct. lately that is correct <laughs> and your vet will be like okay no problem here's some xanax <laughs> oh my god what a here's fantastic loophole give give buddy give buddy my best and also this huge bottle of xanax <laughs> oh my god I'm trying to find my cat and see if she's doing all right <laughs> <laughs> you having some big feelings girl oh <laughs> uh, our our guest is helen hogg her special well hog is available now on uh streaming services from comedy dynamics helen this has been an absolute blast. Uh, thank thank you. you for putting smiles on her face. Thank you for for turning your quarantine craziness into comedy <laughs> gold to make us all smile. Thank you so oh. much. Thanks for having me. And yeah, check out Well Hong, H O N G, Well Hong. It's a play on my last name, and it's a really oh, I just joke. got it. You know, get it? Do you get it? Do you get it now, Ryan? <laughs> uh, I- I do have one more question for you before we go. It is the question that we we ask all the guests on our program okay. and excited to get your answer to it. It is, do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? Oh, um, it is, I, I hate to say it's all about who you know, but gosh, so much of life and success in almost every field is all about who you know. And what I mean by that is come up together, like, especially like in my field, you know, stand up comedy and acting as well, you come up together. And so make the friends like when you're an indie creator, and you're not you don't have an agent yet, or you don't have representation yet, or you don't have a label yet, or anything like that, make your friends now make the friends make the connections meet as many people share your dreams share your goals share what you want to do and where you want to go because those you know your colleagues at that level like everybody kind of rises up and you never know who's gonna break through like i started stand-up comedy with amy schumer amy schumer and i used to do open mics together when we were completely unknown comedians and Years later, Amy Schumer became Amy Schumer and she got her own sketch show on Comedy Central. And she called me and was like, hey, I'd love to have you play a role on this show. And by that time, I was already living in New York, in L.A. I'd moved away and I was like, no, man, I will fly back to come do a sketch on your series. That's awesome. Thank you for asking. You know, but that's the kind of stuff like make your friends now. Don't um, don't be a brown noser and try to befriend people above, above you. Mm. Make your friends now like you know who's create who's talented at your level now and hold on to those people because you never know who of those people is going to break through and have huge success it might be you you might be the one that brings your friends with you it might be a colleague a friendly person that you're always cool with and then they suddenly become a breakout star and now they're asking you to be in their movie or they're asking you to be to open for them or they're asking you to whatever whatever so like it's all about who you know make your friends now that is great advice because I imagine there are a lot of people that are starting theater school right now that are going in with the mindset of these people are my competition. No. I need to be better than them I because I'm going to be auditioning against them no. and I need to be the best in the class. And you're saying the complete opposite. Those are it that's not your the, competition. Those are your friends. Oh, my God. And that's and that attitude of competition will bite you in the in the butt so mm. hard. 
like it is going to be believe me when i tell you and you can hear you can hear every famous person has some version of this story where they're like oh i was friends with i knew so and so we were college roommates together and we just stayed friendly and then he became tom cruise or tom hanks or whatever and now suddenly like he's asking me to be in his movie or he's asking me to produce or he's asking me to do this that or the other thing like it is you never know who's going to make it but you know who the talent is and just befriend them and support them and like you know i as an actor um read uh you know was the reader for so many actors who have gone on to become series regulars on shows and like be in marvel movies you know and and it's like you just you never know who's going to make it and just be friends with everybody and be cool with everyone cuz people can only bring you up with them that's wonderful advice. Helen, congratulations on the special. Uh, folks, you. check it out at uh, HelenHong.com. And thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you. Good luck with your baby. Oh, my gosh. Good luck with the swaddling. It's going to be nothing like swaddling a bit. <laughs> here. I, hate, I hate to tell you, Ryan. Oh. Squirming, squirming baby, nothing like an inanimate object. All those stuffed animals for nothing. <laughs> nothing. Oh. Well... And um, so uh, we'll say again uh, for the next four weeks, uh, this fantastic human over here, Elisa Rockdock, will be hosting Break the Business uh, while I uh, work on my swaddling on something that actually kicks and moves. And in the meantime, uh, I'll be seeing you all very, very soon. Thank you all so much for checking out Break the Business. We'll see you next week.